Yes, that's right, guys. He's back. After three long years, our old pal Mitch Grinter is returning to Four Finger Discount, where he and I, we're going to be picking up where we left off. Yes, starting from the beginning of Season 11, Mitch and Dando will once again be discussing all things Simpsons, as well as catching up on everything we've missed out on these last couple of years. Our new show, it launches this Monday on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. So if you want all new Mitch and Dando in your ears each and every month, you can support the show at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy the show. How am I supposed to hallucinate with all these swirling colors distracting me? Hey. Oh, it's a ball of yarn. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like batting it around. Wow, I have a paw. Oh my gosh. I've entered the body of our cat. Ah, Maggie. Hey, hey, get your sticky hands off me. Ow! <gasps> Bad cat, leave her alone. Mm. Ah! Wow, my mind just created that out of nothing. This tank is releasing the full potential of my brain. Oh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Oh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, walla, bing, bang, ting, ting, doo. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review Make Room for Lisa. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Ah, we're in the final stretch of your time here on Four Finger Discount, aren't we, good sir? We announced last week that you're leaving. The memes have started and they're coming thick and fast and it's been beautiful. Yeah, so um, if you haven't listened to last week's show and you just skip through to this one, you'd be like, what's going on? So yeah. I do want to remind people once more, for those who didn't listen to my announcement during the podcast saying stay tuned to the end, what's happening after season 10? Uh, so after season 10, um, Four Finger Discount, well, Guy Davis has staged a military coup. Um, like he, he forced me last week to make it sound like I was making the statement of my own free will. Um, but he's he has gotten all uppity and decided he's going to be the host of Four Finger Discount moving forward. That's pretty much what happened. Uh, I, I'm still like, I don't know. Do, do you think he'll be okay? I, I feel like Guy has the credentials, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little intimidated by the man. He's, he's, he's just... Something about the guy. Do you trust him? I feel like, I mean, Guy's spirit animal would have to be a grizzly bear. He looks all cuddly from across the room, but <laughs> if you get too close to him and he decides to, he could take you out with one swipe of the paw. In, in all seriousness, have you ever been around Guy when he's had a few drinks in him? It's amazing. Uh, no, I haven't. No, He is the life of the party. It's great. Uh, that's great. Uh, but no, okay. So, and on the subject of being in all seriousness, so I'm wrapping up my hosting duties on Four Finger Discount as of the end of this season. Um, which has actually been really like the handover so far has been really well received by everyone. Like everyone on Patreon would already know that Guy is an amazingly talented operator. So um, the show is going to be in very very good hands, and we'll make sure that it's a smooth handover from from myself to him. I'm actually really excited to see the direction that it can go in with some fresh eyes as well. Um, it's it's going to be very cool. But I've decided to take the time to focus on well. A couple other um, side projects that I've wanted to get off the ground for a little while, but also just, you know, life, <laughs> um, just just to get a little bit of spare time, get a, spend a bit more time with Ash, um, to try to try to make this year. I, I really want to focus this year on us um, as a, as a couple, and this is part of part of a, a bigger decision, I think. 
So, on that note, make room for Lisa. Uh, I, I, it's one of those episodes that I never really look back fondly on, but I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it got better as the episode went on. At the start, I was kind of getting a bit annoyed with how obnoxious and horrible Homer was as a father. But towards, mm-hmm. the, I think the last act of the episode was really solid. I, th- I really enjoyed it. I thought that uh, it reminded me a lot of the one from recent. Well, it was I Lost Lisa from season nine, where lost our Lisa. Lost our Lisa, sorry. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, where they sort of wrapped it up very, very quickly at the end. Where this one, I feel like they gave the the Lisa-Homer situation with their bonding a lot more time to breathe, which is why I felt this act, like the last act of this worked better than the last act of that episode. Mm. I Look, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun episode the whole way through, but I also felt like... like and, and like there's a lot in here that's very funny. Um and there's a little bit in here that's touching, but it felt to me like it didn't quite know what it wanted to be. Like, it had one foot in trying to be a zany, wacky episode, um, and then it had another foot in wanting to try to tell, you know, a sentimental Lisa story. I felt like it was looking up to some of the really good Homer-Lisa bonding episodes. It, it, as much as you say that they gave it more time to breathe than Lost Our Lisa... It they did in a sense, but they didn't necessarily flesh it out. Like they, it was more that they just revisited it a few times and then inserted scenes of completely unrelated things happening. Um, like it, it was kind of just seeingly. It it felt like it was handled um, on the surface without getting much deeper than that. Um, which was still, like I said, still good, but overall, it it wasn't as deep a study as as to what Lisa's real feelings might actually be. And when she looks through Homer's eyes in the in the tank, and she sort of mm. goes, "Oh, maybe I should cut Homer a break." I sort oh, of thought, "Oh man, well, that sandwich looked good, didn't it?" It did look delicious, <laughs> but I sort of thought, "Well." Yes and no, because he had been a pretty bad dad up to that point. I get that, you know, he does go and do things with her. But there's also all the other stuff that would be incredibly frustrating being his child. Hmm. So, it's completely justified. Her, her not, I guess it was anger towards him, is completely justified in the sense that he's just a prick sometimes who's just yeah. all, just doesn't think about others at all. Yeah, but it's, well, on the surface he doesn't. And I guess it's also realizing that, you know, that's, that it's everyone. Like, not every, every everyone can go in different directions and, and not everyone's going to be into the same things that you are and it, life isn't all roses. Like, that. that's kind of the... Like, yes, it's justified, but it's also not justified to only have that frustrated anger mm. that if you're going to expect him to try to come to you, then you've also got to try to go to him. I actually felt it more jarring in the sense that I just feel like sometimes the writers can't work out whether Bart and Lisa get along or whether they don't. I get when you're a brother and sister, you do have your, you know, your, your moments where you're, you're angry at mm. each other. But you can go from Bart being the, the lovely brother who's willing to do anything like, you know, give, give up something for his sister. And then yep. in this one, he's just horrible to her because he wants to be horrible to her when, when she's yeah. moving into his room. Like there was, there was no reasoning for him to be a douchebag to her just because. Just yep. Well, but just moving into a room can be a big deal. Like, you, I mean, you grew up with a sister who was about your age. Imagine if you were 12 and, or 10 and you got told that your sister was moving in with you. Like, that's your territory. That's your space. 
I wouldn't turn to her and say, I don't know about what it was like in your house, but I wouldn't turn to her and say, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Said that on mostly a daily basis. They didn't even have to come into my room. And, and then go out of my way to just ruin her day just by clicking a pen and making the, the chair squeak or whatever it was. Like I don't know. I, I, I got along really well with my sister, which is maybe why I can't relate to that kind of yeah, behavior I think on the a show. Lot, my sister and I were good friends. I think a lot of brothers and sisters would have a much more antagonistic dynamic if particularly when you felt like someone was invading your room. Yeah, but she's not invading. She was being forced in. That doesn't matter to a 10-year-old. Yeah, okay. Whatever. He was there first. <laughs> what, um, I guess one other thing, and this is why I felt to me like the episode didn't quite know where it wanted to be and it wasn't laser-focused, unlike some of them. Um, what happens exactly to the tower that's on their house like that's i know that this is a you know it's that's a show true. where things can happen but it's it's also pretty rare that major storylines just don't get resolved and that one doesn't like they, they just the episode ends and lisa still doesn't have a bedroom but she's gone it, to the monster truck so apparently it's okay <laughs> like it's the, fun, it's, the, fun, yeah, the funny it, thing it's being it's though, like the, i never actually noticed that that's that's actually a glaring yeah that's, that's glaring yeah, i can't believe i didn't they, pick up on that yeah it's like they just completely forgot about well one of the major plot points of the episode <laughs> actually sets up the entire feud between lisa and homer for this episode yeah. <laughs> and it's it's still rare that even in a show where everything can reset from one week to another it's rare that some sort of massive infrastructure, particularly revolving around their own house, would not be fixed. Yeah. I, we also got our weekly dated gag of Homer saying touchy, query crap. <laughs> yeah. Worse was um, Crusty, Crusty picking up a guy, at least, oh, sorry, picking up a chick. At least I thought she was a chick. Yeah. Um, that one, I'd like, yeah, it, it's... Un- Again, it's of the time, but what um what really kind of bothered me about that is that it's not so much it's fine to have gay people in things or, or transgender or whatever it might be, and it's fine to make them be funny, but it's a problem when the the sole crux of the punchline is that somebody was transgender, like that is the only purpose of that joke is that huh, wouldn't it be funny, um. So yeah, we say like that, that we say we we say that looking back though, as we always mention here on the show. Like, yeah. looking back, looking back on it now, we can see that watching it at the time, it would have just felt normal. Yeah, and um, yeah, like it's it, it's it, it, it's a sign of the times, and it's a sign that we've come a lot further. But it does make it hard that if someone had never seen The Simpsons and you were showing them this episode, like today, that would be one of the things that they'd go, um, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. But in saying all this, though, I know we're shitting on all of the episode. I still enjoyed it. And it wasn't that nothing really sort of like angered me or anything. It was just a case of like you pointed out with the tower. And there's a few things where you're just like, uh, okay, I guess I'm not going to that. I guess at this point in time in the series, we've just sort of got the mentality of, uh, who cares? Just go with it. Well, I think that's the mentality that you need to have. But it's yeah. still not that far away from a time when they didn't have that mentality. So, it still stands out. And... It's not about shitting on it, but you know, it's it, you can't do a review without talking about some of the things that uh, that aren't quite perfect. Yeah, I actually did like the um, the salt bath scene more going back and watching it now because Nicola and I actually did one of those. Would have been oh, did you? Uh, well, I think we got it for our 
birthday, like a joint mm-hmm. present, maybe. Or, so maybe it was just before Christmas. Um, so yeah. well, there's a question in the mail, the patron mailbag about it. So we'll get into it then. But um, okay, yeah, cool. I, I I had no idea what these were when I was a kid watching it. And even when I was a teenager, I was like, do these things even exist? But no, not not to the extent in which they do in this episode. But yeah, I'll get into it in the mailbag. But what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, oh, what was my favorite moment of this episode? I reckon. There were a few things and, and like it, it's kind of hard, but I think it's more the repetition of the on the touch lady just appearing from places that she shouldn't be. Yeah. So, walking out from the middle of the A-frame, walking, appearing in Lisa's room, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that that w- and her, just her perky voice, like every time she was in there, um, it, it really made me laugh. Yeah. It was very Lindsay Nagel before. I don't think we've had her on the show yet, so. Okay. Yeah. Which is Tress, Tress McNeil, your mate. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, I I really appreciated the two workers where one of them was predicting his kid was going to be a girl or a boy or whatever. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's just the kind of banter that you would get in a, like a factory when I used to work at Ford, just hanging shit on each other. I really liked that. I also did like, yep. for whatever reason, I just loved Lisa really engaged and really enthusiastic about the um the, the tank, Custer Homer. Boring. Because and the reason I appreciate that is because I'll get to it. That's exactly what it was like for me when I went to the tank. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Yeah, who's kicking off? I might kick off this week, I reckon. Okay. Who sang the song that Lenny played to bring Homer back to reality? Uh, oh, no, it was Men Without Hats. Yes, well done. Yeah. Um, which baseballer's jersey was on display at the, uh, was it the Smithsonian? Whatever it was that they went to. Which baseballer's jersey? Oh. Yeah. Well, the obvious one would be Ruth, but it's not Ruth? No, it's not Ruth. Uh, it's not Ruth. Uh, the man has a medical issue named after him. I have no idea. Lou Gehrig. Okay, I have, I have no idea about baseball players. I'm so out of the loop when it comes to baseball. But you follow baseball a bit, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Well, you, you have a team. <laughs> I have a team, but I also just like follow baseball in as much as I follow all... I follow a little bit of most sports. Yeah. Uh, my next question is, what's Lisa's favorite movie? Um, <laughs> The Odd Couple. No, it was Little Mermaid until Homer taped over it. Yeah, which is... A gag that younger viewers would have no idea what she's talking about now. Yeah, that's true. You can't tape over a DVD. Can't tape over, can't tape over anything anymore, no. Oh, well, you, no. Can del- you can delete a file, but you can't tape over You can delete yeah. something from a hard drive, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think, actually, um, oh, of like any of the great criminal tapings over of my life. Um, I, but I, what was it? I reckon I had a World Cup di- video... Um, like I'd recorded one of the 99 World Cup games and that got taped over halfway through. I was really heartbroken. Because <laughs> back then you thought, I'm never actually going to be able to see this ever again. Like if you didn't yeah, have a, exactly. It's never going to be put on TV. It's never going to be the internet. We had no idea what the internet was. I used yeah. to always take advantage of, you know how you'd flick out the little square in the tape so it could yep. be taped over? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you put some sticky tape over the sticky, top. Sticky tape or a band-aid or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my... Um, hang on. I'm like, Please next question. question. <laughs> yes, it's mine. What did an ice cream cone cost in 1939? A penny? A nickel. A nickel. Damn it. I knew it was a something. <laughs> uh, my final question is, what was keeping Joan Rivers alive? Oh, uh, fetal grindings, mm. which is uh, a bit of a South Park style joke. Um, 
And my last question actually was not that question, but it involves that question. So, uh, this is going to be difficult. Let me just think of something else on the fly. How many types of bacon were in the sandwich? Uh, four. I think there was four. I think there was four, but I reckon only three of them got said aloud. I thought she said three, and then the final one, she sort of drooled for the fourth one. Maybe, Canadian bacon, Canadian bacon, Mexican bacon, uh, normal bacon. Then there was... So, the, one, fo- two, so the fourth thing was Oh, no, there was only three. Only Sorry, three. yeah, the fourth okay. thing wasn't bacon. Okay, yeah. Fair, yeah, okay, fair enough. From this day forward, your names will be... New names for this week. There were a couple... Well, I'm going to just change this a little bit from uh, Dylan Llewellyn. Has, has, he's on the right track, but he didn't quite nail it. Um, so, I'm just going to update his to Bath, Bed and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, he had gone with Bed, Bath and Beyond Doe, uh, which, which kind of works. But I think Bath, Bed, because you're laying in a flotation t- um, chamber. Yeah. Uh, Giroid Harahill, for me, Geroid. really did a great job with... Um, Sensory deprivation tank girl. Not bad. Yep. Um, kind of Mugford with father of the nerd. It's not too bad. Mm. Um, Jordan Ritchie with Once Upon a Time in Mexican Bacon is another one that I was a big <laughs> fan of. Uh, but Alex Swan, um, maybe with the heartbreaking Make Room for Mitch to Stay. <laughs> Everyone's sad. <laughs> not everyone. Some it'll, people are saying. I give it maybe like three weeks and they'll be like, who's that Mitch guy? No, they won't. I'm yeah, joking. what's he still doing on the podcast? I thought he was leaving. <laughs> uh So, it's now time oh, for- And mine. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. And yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you spent yeah, like please. 20 minutes putting it together. What was it? Uh, please. Oh, seconds. I, sorry, seconds, seconds. I think of these off the top of my head every week. <laughs> A father's Omnitouch. Father's Omnitouch. Oh, nice. That's actually pretty good. I expect nothing less. That's your reaction every week. Yeah, yeah. Kind of shock. Because cause I know you don't really try that hard. I'm, I'm just expecting something that's like, that's that's possible. But like, it's usually the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Patreon mailbag time. Obviously, the Patreon mailbag is brought to you by our beloved $20 patrons, Jordan Ritchie, David Harrington, and our two new $20 patrons, Mr. Chris Darby and David Nayer. Thank you so much for your support, guys. Also, our new $5 plus patrons, we have Steve Dundas, Jessica Davison, and Richard Cole. Thumbs up to all you guys. Don't forget, we have just launched on our Patreon page, Talking Seinfeld, as well as Guy and I are now doing Simpsons commentary. So, rather than Guy and I reviewing the same episodes that Mitch and I have already reviewed, we thought we'd go back to the start and just do some commentaries exclusive for you patrons, plus plenty of other exclusive podcasts on there, including Tales of Futurama, which Mitch and I are now kicking off once again for the new year. We're doing a mm-hmm. review of Brand Again Begin Again this week. That'll be up this week as well. So, plenty of exclusive podcasts on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page, patreon.com slash discount. First question comes in from Jonathan Rossi. He says, uh, have, uh, that's what I mentioned before. Have either of you ever tried or considered a sensory deprivation tank like this? If yes, what was your experience? If no, why not? Okay, so I have. Ash bought me a voucher to do a, a like a float, salt float a little while ago. Because um, I think because of this episode, I'd always been curious as to what would happen to your brain or to my brain if it was just shut off for a period of time. Um I think the first thing that I did, like, did you get given any Vaseline for any cuts or scrapes or anything like that? <laughs> well, 
Uh, no, I didn't actually. No, I was told no. that it, I was. I was asked if I have any cuts before I went in, which I didn't. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you did have cuts, they would have given you that. Yeah. Um. Uh. So the first thing that I noticed, like I didn't bring bathers or anything, so I had to get in there nude. Um. Real strong salt concentration on the balls. The ass. Ass and balls. Not yeah. the balls. The asshole. I have, um, I have balls as well. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, it stings like a motherfucker when you first get in there. It's a real- <laughs> it really does. Odd sensation. Um, um, it's funny. Then, okay, can, can I just interrupt? Because yeah. Nick, Nicola and I did it together. You got the big wide tanks. So, they, they turned the lights oh, down. So, Nicola and I- we just bump into each other? We, we weren't in a tank. It was So, you were you in sort of like a similar shaped tub as what Homer and Lisa were, were you? Or Kind of, except the roof slid up and down as opposed I, to opening this like a w- coffin. Okay, well, this had no roof. This was essentially just a big square-shaped bath that was quite shallow, but you floated in oh. it because of the, okay. uh, something to do with the temperature. I don't know how they make you do it, the salt it's level. salt whatever. concentration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you were floating. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're in there for about, I don't know, two minutes. Nicola just goes, is your ass really sore? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> and the problem is that we... I don't know. We're very similar in the sense that we can't switch off very easily. So, I... Not that I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't really... I wasn't able to experience it the way you're supposed to because I just couldn't switch my brain off. It was pitch black. We weren't talking, but I just couldn't switch my brain off. Yeah. I feel like being there with someone else is not an ideal scenario. No. Not, not um, when you know, your loved one is naked and soapy and slimy next to you. It's like, why well, am I yeah. supposed to switch my brain off now? <laughs> yeah. I... Soapy? <laughs> anyway, I... Um, you know what I mean. Oil up. <laughs> you just brought some radox in with you. Thought you'd make the most of the situation. The vessel. I, I also found it hard to switch off. I feel like it's something that if you did multiple times with practice, maybe you could. It'd almost be like meditation. But I did eventually click into this time or this mode where I'd, I'd really lost track of had I been asleep, had I been awake, how long had I been awake or asleep for. Like, I, I really... um a moment went where I was like, hang on, I, I might have been sleeping then. I'm not entirely sure what what has happened. But that was as far as it went. My brain didn't start having vivid hallucinations or fantasies or anything along those lines. It's just a, for me- Basically, I'm- I walked out of that tank and went, yeah, I'd be safe on acid because my brain <laughs> doesn't do all that much. I feel like I was just sitting there thinking, I want to go to sleep right now. But a part of me was like, I can't go to sleep because it's in water. And I just had that fear of drowning. <laughs> <laughs> even though even even though you're floating, but still. But did you did you also find it because you were floating that your genitals were just like flapping about because they were out of the water? Um Yeah, but the rest of me was out of water, so it it was kind of a It was weird. If anything <laughs> Yeah, like because the rest of me matched the weightlessness, it wasn't a bath situation. Like it wasn't periscoping. <laughs> Next question, uh, Beth Anslow says, what kind of father-son bonding activity was your favourite to do as a kid? Uh, not talking really during liked the news. I when I got... <laughs> what was that? I was going to say, not talking during the news to avoid a beating. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I liked it when I got sent to my room because that meant I couldn't get yelled <laughs> at for a little bit. Um, actually, I really enjoyed playing um, the Sega and the PS1 with my dad. Shane Warren Cricket yeah. and Alex Kidd in Miracle World. They were our jams. Um, so shame on cricket with Sony, but anyway, that's what I said. Uh, oh, Sega, sorry, no, you did say PS one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alex Kidd and Miracle World. That was definitely one for Dad and I. Um, uh, I mean, you know, kicking the footy, usual, usual father son stuff. Um, 
there was even a period of time where dad bought me a baseball glove and we would just throw the ball at each other in the backyard like real Americans. You would have been the only child in Australia doing that. I reckon I would have been, but it was a lot of fun. I did used to like um, going down to the Oval to kick the footy with Dad. That was a bit of fun. We yeah. also used to um, watch the wrestling together. That was sort of our thing that we watched, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we never really did that. I used to hate watching football with Dad because he, if it was his team, because um, he would get so angry about it that uh, it just became uncomfortable to be around. <laughs> um, I feel like I do it all the time when our friends are over. Who's your Dad's team? Yeah. Collingwood. Collingwood. Oh, wow. Whew, that yeah. would have been hard. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> Next question, Jordan Diddy. If you could temporarily see through someone else's eyes like Lisa did, uh, whose would you like to see through? Rob Lowe's, but only when I was looking into the mirror. <laughs> Who would I? Uh, I would like Fassbender so that I could see the look on someone's face that's actually, you know, uh, impressed when I drop my pants. Well, I was fastbender just so I could drop my pants and just look down at that thing. <laughs> and it would take about a day, I reckon, to uh, to take it all in. It's like an IMAX screen. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bernstein says, ever had something repoed? I've never had anything repoed, but I no. used to be a fiend for not taking videos back on time and having the video shop call me asking where it was. <laughs> okay, that's that's a very, very long bow to draw to that answer. I used to ghost their calls. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, all right? It's not my fault. You guys were irresponsible in giving me, you know, 16 videos for the price of four bucks. There's only so much that I can watch in a week. Uh, so, you had nothing repoed yourself? No. Okay. And finally, Taylor Lang. If you found a mysterious giant egg on a beach, what would you do with it? I would send a photo um, to the Geelong Attic that's front page news in our town. <laughs> uh, surely take it home and keep it warm until it hatches. Oh, how big? How, how, yeah, a giant light though. A giant egg. How, how big's the egg we're talking? Um, well, got- assuming it's similar size to what was there, just, just some blankets and some mattresses and that sort of stuff, you can get the job done. <laughs> I'm just trying to envision like, you know, eight-year-old Mitch trying to mother yeah, this just giant whale. Trying to mother this giant whale egg. <laughs> In his bedroom. <laughs> Even it. that, actually. Um, that's a funny little joke, the, the fact that he thinks whales lay eggs. Uh, before we get to the review, uh, we need to mention that this week's review is brought to you by Pop Culture the World's largest online store for officially licensed Simpsons merchandise. Go to popculture.com.au to pick up some amazing new Simpsons merch, including Simpsons pins. We've got some piggy cufflinks. We've got officially licensed Simpsons booting flags and much, much more. So popculture.com.au. Links in the description of this podcast. Make Room for Lisa originally aired February 28th, 1999. Chopboard gag, I do not have diplomatic immunity. And the couch gag is the fireman are using the couch as a net to catch a family, but Homer misses the net. The episode kicks off with Homer at work. He's just daydreaming, listening to the radio. He's listening to some old school station that's trying to make it out like it's 1939. He thinks he's gone way back in time. One of those moments here where Homer seems to understand history. You know, I'm going to warn people about Hitler and things like that, where it just seems mm. a little bit out of character. But anyway, um, Lenny and Carl walk I in. Think even, okay. I think even the dumbest of people know about Hitler. But, um, but what year it was. Uh, yeah, fair point. Uh, Lenny and Carl walk in and they must be a usual thing for Homer to do. So they fix the radio and then we, I think they take it to KBBL because they're doing an OB. Um, man, have you ever done an, an outside I, broadcast? Uh, 
Oh, not not like fully performed. I've done a guest spot on an OB before. I did the I cricket, really, didn't you? Um, oh, no, well, I, I, I commentated. I did some cricket commentary. Yeah. Um, that hardly counted, though. We were more like away from the crowd for that. Um, I, but I did really, really enjoy the sound design on the OB as it was coming through the radio. Like they had the mm. perfect timing of the crowd coming in sounding as if they'd been queued up, which you know would be happening by the announcers. Like they'd be giving their little joke and then they'd be waving their hands when they wanted everyone to applaud. Like yeah, yeah. that all sounded so authentic. I remember the first time I went to see a TV show being filmed like live in person and it's just all the things mm-hmm. of, you know, the guy that warms the crowd up and then the applause signs. And it's just, there's so much just interaction to make sure the crowd are doing what the show wants them to do. Yeah, um, which there needs to be because, you know, often these tapings go for hours and hours and people are going to get sleepy yeah. and bored. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like it, it is incredible how much work goes on behind the scenes just to get people to cheer. And all of a sudden, they listen to the radio, Homer's gone and he's at the, the OB with KBBL. We cut to him, passed out. He hasn't even gotten out of his car. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't. He's fallen onto the road. Uh, <laughs> Marge wakes him up. And he gets the, what's your favorite radio station? Now, it cuts to a little bit later and it's sort of a bit of a throwback. Well, Marge, what's your favorite radio station? She never answers this yeah. question. It bothered me. No, she doesn't. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that though of um, just the fact that like the episode transitions, but he hasn't moved on is a a really funny joke. Um, it, it Just the idea of not like to try to answer a rhetorical question. Um, yeah, it's... Very funny bit of self-referentialism. It was also nice that they didn't waste any time showing him drunk. Like, we, we know it would have went down. It's just cuts him yeah. waking up. Um, the kids are all ready for their special Saturday. This is where he's a he's not a nice father. And they sort of lay it in thick here where the kids look sad because they because he's they know I'm only joking and they they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they actually, they're actually aren't happy that he's behaving the way that he is. Bart has traded his turn this month to Lisa. Homer is really disappointed by this. Okay, Bart, it's your turn to pick. Where are we headed? Bowling? Demolition Derby? PJ O'Harrigans? Isn't that a funny name, huh? Huh? Hysterical, but I traded my turn to Lisa for her dessert. Oh, we did a Lisa thing last month. <laughs> and I'm glad we did. But now I think we should do something normal people would like. Why do you assume that I won't pick something fun? Let's see. Oh, this looks very educational. Oh. Well, this could be quite enlightening. Oh. Fine. How about... Oh. She didn't say it yet. Go ahead, sweetie. The book fair? Oh, no. I'm not falling for that again. If it doesn't have Siamese twins in a jar, it's not a fair. Oh, this is perfect. We're going to go see Marmaduke? No. The Smithsonian Traveling Exhibit. It encapsulates America and makes history come alive. What, and Marmaduke doesn't? Sorry, Dad, my mind is made up. This is all your fault for trading away your turn. Just for that, no dessert tonight. Trade you my next turn for your dessert, deal. Don't! They're at the museum, and Lisa is a bit concerned about OmniTouch's sponsorship of the museum, isn't she? Mm. Which, in and of itself, is a bit much. It's not like OmniTouch had gone to any strong levels to, you know, change the exhibits or anything like that. Like, they were still just presenting them as they were. Yeah, it's not like it was OmniTouch presents on every single... It was just at the front. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Declaration of Independence hadn't been changed to talk about 
on the touch is great roaming or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, the, the, the um, Fifth Amendment wasn't changed to something about omni-touch or anything. Yeah. It, it, I, one thing that I noticed here is it's a bit of a turning point of um, mobile phones maybe starting to, like, become a bit more ubiquitous in Simpsons world. Like, up to this point, maybe Troy McClure would be the only person that I can think of that we've seen on a mobile, but suddenly there's a cell tower. Um, yeah. And maybe... Uh, again, given the timing, maybe this was around a time that cell towers were starting to pop up more and more around America. So, the idea of having one in your house might have been a, a much more sort of topical joke around them being these big eyesores across the countryside. Can you remember the first time you got your own phone? I do. Yeah. Cause I, I think because my mum made me wait till I was a teenager, so I had to wait till I was 13. And yeah, most, right. of my, well, most, I, most of my just friends already based had on my, then, yeah. I was going to say, I was 15, but... Based on my age, that was about right. Not many other people had a phone when I first got a phone. A couple did, but not many. I remember, and then it got to the point where it was like everyone was always on their phone, so they had to ban phones at school. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, I, I think it was my mum got me my first one, and it was largely because we'd moved to Queensland, so she got it as a way for me to be able to contact her. So it was actually quite a sweet gift. It wasn't just for the sake of having one. Um, uh, and, you know, early on, phones did sweet fuck all. So, there wasn't much point in having one if you didn't really have anyone to call or text. No, you you, you text, you played Snake, and you made polyphonic ringtones when they were a bit yes. more advanced. Yeah, that's all you did. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, things on the at the museum, we got like Lincoln's uh, hat, we got Fonzie's jacket. Homer's very impressed with Fonzie's jacket. <laughs> yeah, Archie Bunker's chair. Yep, yep. Uh, now, do you know who I Archie Bunker that. is? As he's... Uh, uh, no, I didn't actually. Okay, so it's all in the family. Ah, right. Gotcha. Yeah, that was the set of all um, the family. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was very funny. Even as he's licking or like reading the Declaration of Independence and um, guns on him. Get out of Archie Bunker's chair. <laughs> the, the best part was, I hate people hiding behind the Bill of Rights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bill of Rights, not Independence. My yeah, apologies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in- you know what that is? Okay. That's just National Treasure was in the back of my head. Yes. So that's, I, Do you know they're making the third national treasure? Are they? Yeah. No. Yeah, well, work for bad boys. <laughs> well, making a, you know, they've already announced yesterday they're making a fourth bad boys. Oh, really? That's probably because this is done very well, both commercially and critically. Um, yeah. It's actually uh, apparently a, a pretty solid movie. Yeah. I watched Bad Boys 1 for the first time this week, right? Don't hate on ah. me for taking so long. It was too, there was too much anger towards each other. Like, I got a bit sick of the the nagging at each other throughout the entire film. Yeah. I, like, I, like, they have chemistry, but it's just like, can we just relax for a five fucking minutes? Like, why are these guys always bit. at each other's throats, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're at the... Oh, so, we're in the office. So, Homer's in trouble for ruining the Bill of Rights. The Omni, Omni-Touch rep is telling Homer that they have a solution and we cut to the the Touch Tower. In, is it oh the keep and touch tower? Sorry, in the keep Simpson touch. house. Yeah, yep. yeah. Homer is getting very comfortable on the couch. Lisa's made her way home from school. I'm assuming going to her room to do some homework, and she discovers that her room has been completely torn apart, and it's now all different buttons. And Lisa is not happy, which is completely understandable. But Homer just doesn't seem to care, or he just doesn't understand why she would be upset. I, I really have. I think my favorite part in this is the whole. Why didn't you? Sh- Put it in your room. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, that's it's funny just, how your mind works in a crisis. Yeah, that's just. After I know that's later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's very, very funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Homer solution is to well, he asked him, "What's your favorite movie?" Or was it? Does it say favorite show or favorite movie? He said movie. Yeah. Okay. Then he says the Odd Couple. I thought the Odd Couple was a TV show. Was it a movie as well? Was it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was both. Okay. Fair enough. I know there was a really bad remake with Matthew Perry, and it was not good. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. No, the um, I, I'm fairly sure that the movie was uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Okay. Cool. Um, I will confirm that. I'll continue talking while you do that. So, Homer's solution is to set up his own version of The Odd Couple and put Lisa in with Bart, singing the tune at the same time, which I did appreciate. It's a great theme song. Lisa, what's your favorite movie? Until you taped over it, The Little Mermaid. That's right, The Odd Couple. So, meet your comically mismatched roommate, Bart Simpson. Biddy, biddy, biddy. I'm going to make your life a living hell. I did also like Yardley's delivery here when Bart says, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Alicia just goes, The Odd Couple, yes, 1968. Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon. Yep, cool. Well done. Maggie, uh, notice she's holding the um, the Matt Groening rabbit with the one ear. In I her- did, yeah. yeah. The, um, the Life in Pieces. Life in Hell. Is that what it's called? Life in Hell. Yeah. We transition though to Marge. She thinks Maggie's talking, but no, it's obviously a man's voice and realizes that she's picking up cell phone calls on the new baby monitor. <laughs> Agnes here, don't go through tunnels. You know what that represents. You know what that <laughs> represents. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, Homer here, not listening to Marge at all, doesn't care. Marge is talking to him. He just says, yeah, okay, I'm going to go eat some mayonnaise. I was like, okay, they've just got no idea of this character at the moment. <laughs> but is then, have you ever eaten mayonnaise straight out of the jar? I used to eat a Marmite straight out of the jar. Um, uh, Not eaten, I mean, tasted, yes. There's probably not a condiment that I haven't eaten on its own just to see what it tastes like on its own. Um, I used to eat Vegemite out of the jar, like when the jar was getting towards the end of the Vegemite, I'd scrape out the last little bits. So salty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just couldn't get enough of it. It was like a, um, it's like a horse. <laughs> uh, Bart is squeaking in his chair, just deliberately trying to annoy Lisa. Homer suggests the clicking pen, which is not a solution for Lisa's problem. Lisa then goes downstairs to try and do some homework. And Homer's just, how would you describe it here? He's, He's not being a dick, but he's also not listening to her either. He just doesn't... He's just not understanding that she wants to do work. He's trying to make her mind up for her. Mm. And it would be inc- incredibly frustrating from, for the character of Lisa to be trying to do... Be. Trying to, you know, uh, further her studies and actually do something with herself when you've got a father here who's like, no, you just want to watch TV, right? Do, do you feel or, do, or consider for a moment that maybe Homer here, rather than just being... Rather than just representing Homer being a bad dad, that it's more representing that feeling that most children have that their their parents, particularly dads, are not listening to them and they're not taking them seriously. Like to a degree, we're kind of seeing this through Lisa's eyes. Yeah, I I, I remember. Well, this is the thing though. When I was a kid, I would never even bother going to my dad to show him things because I, my dad and I got along, but we weren't mates. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I, if I did something good at school, I would never go to my dad and show him because my dad was never one to, you know, say, "Oh, well done, son, great job." He'd just go, "Oh yeah, cool, yeah, yeah good." He yeah. he he, 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 he wasn't, wasn't a very enthusiastic, uh, yeah. you know, 
compliment giver. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, so I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. To an extent, anyway. It's just one of those things that like, like with any character, but, um, you know, sometimes there are just moments where they'll exaggerate certain situations for storytelling purposes. Yeah. But, like uh, it doesn't undo who that character is. But it's kind of working to tell a, a greater or to work on a greater theme for that episode. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the start. You can't judge the character in just the first act and a half. Once the whole, the whole episode comes together, it all makes sense. Um, yeah. 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 So, Homer suggests they watch TV and Lisa's stomach starts to hurt. So, Marge is now listening to Krusty and we get the, the conversation you were discussing earlier about picking up the, the guy. Hey, it's Krusty. I need you to get me out of another jam. I picked up this chick last night. At least I thought she was a chick. <laughs> Showbiz is so fascinating. Ugh, Mom, I don't feel so good. Ugh. What is it, honey? My tummy really hurts. Lisa is incredibly sick. She got a sore tummy. I did like that she said tummy hurts because that's what a kid says. My tummy yeah. hurts. Can we just um, touch on Marge for a second in that, like, uh, th- they've pretty much preempted Twitter here. That constant need for listening to other people's life stories and just social media really- in general. Well, yeah, but I th- I feel like it it's more of a well Facebook's feed I suppose, but Twitter feed in particular of listening to people, not your friends. You're listening to people that you don't know, and really getting addicted about like wanting to know the going ons and their thoughts and all that sort of thing. I guess you could also say that about people like podcast listeners. It's just anything. We just we we are very big consumers um, now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. We like to know what's going on in everyone else's life except for our own. But I, I see. I never, I never post anything on Facebook because I don't think anyone would give two shits about what I'm doing with my life. No, I certainly don't. No, exactly. <laughs> Homer, Alisa's sick. Homer brings Maggie in for a diaper change. I can relate to Homer here. Sometimes you just go, yeah, I don't really want to change this nappy. It's on the head of to mummy. I but can you, imagine. You get, this, you get the sense that mummy in this situation does all of the nappy changes, but it was still, yes, it is. <laughs> he ha- has been given the job of taking Lisa to the doctor. Um, the tummy aches have been caused by stress. And Hibbert says the best way to counteract this is to have a good laugh, a good chuckle. He used to have a lot of uh, uh, caused by stress. And now that's why he does the chuckle, sort of like the, the birth mm-hmm. of the Hibbert chuckle. I love the instructions on how to chuckle. Yeah. Force it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Homer won't Lisa try, uh, let Lisa try any of the medicine, just completely ignores her feelings and her thoughts. Um, Lisa tries to explain um, that, you know, maybe they're just different people. Now, this was where the episode started to get good, in my opinion, to where the, the, mm-hmm. the true emotional sort of side of things got into it. Because it makes sense what she's saying. Like, she's just trying to explain to her dad, look, I love you, but we're just very different people. And I think that's where I can relate in the sense with me and my dad. We both love each other. We don't say yeah. that ever to each other, but we know it's there. But we're just different people. We like different things and we just have to learn to accept that. <laughs> yeah, and that that can be a confronting thing to try to... um to deal with and comprehend about your own family. Um, yeah. uh, maybe not so much for parents, but for brothers and sisters and stuff like that. I feel like it can be a difficult thing when you go, oh, this, you know, I love this person, but they're not necessarily going to be my best friend. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like even when you, you become a teenager, so you've had a friend your entire childhood, and then the older you get, your interests change, 
and you just sort of drift apart. And it's nothing. It's not like you don't like each other anymore. It's just you're just interested in different things. You're still going to be friends if you want to be, but mm. that's that's just the way you, you just grow apart. But yeah, I, I thought this was a great scene, and it was a great cut to Homer going down the escalator. I thought, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we come back, and Homer is visiting the the hippie store with Lisa. I didn't actually pick up what the store was called. Sorry, but the funny uh, thing it is, was um, Karmaceuticals. Karmaceuticals. That's right. Yes, it was on the um, on the tank. Uh, I actually thought this was funny because my sister is right into this kind of stuff, crystals and uh, salt lamps and all that kind of thing. She's the one that gave us the um, the voucher for the for the tanks and whatnot, saying right. try it out. I can just imagine this is what it would be like if my dad and my sister went into one of these stores. <laughs> just like she goes, when the worker's like, can I explain something to you? Absolutely not. I'm here for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but Homer, at least Homer's making an effort here though. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's understood that this is what's what she wants. Um, yeah. I mean, you could argue he's being irresponsible as a father and maybe should listen to the doctor's advice. Although the doctor did suggest this in a, in a degree. Yep, no, it's okay. No, the doctor suggested this and Homer said no. <laughs> yeah, Homer, but, but that's because Homer wanted medicine. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. anyway, Lisa wanted to try this and it, it does work in the end. It does help. I mean, when it's, when it's just stress, it's not like it's a, a medical condition that's... I mean, stress True. is a medical condition, but it's not like she's going to die. She just needs to relax a bit, you know? Yeah. So, she mentions the, the deprivation tank and Lisa says, let's do it for two hours. Very convenient that they managed to have... um. Bathers there waiting, even though they weren't gonna, knew they were going to go in the tanks. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Maybe just carry around some impromptu bathers. Yeah, communal. Would you wear store, communal bathers? Store bathers? Uh, no. Well, as I said, I just went nude. Yeah, I went nude as well. It's great. <laughs> Homer is incredibly bored, but Lisa's enjoying it. Oops. What? Sorry, if there's a bump there on the microphone, that was. Um, I think there was too. Uh, my cat has decided to just. My cat that very rarely displays affection has decided now is a good time to display affection, but she's trying to display it to the microphone and not to me. You know, I completely forgot that you even had a cat. Sometimes, so do we. Yeah, um, I, I, you just ne- you never mentioned the cat. <laughs> it's almost a nightly thing where if Ash has fed the animals two hours later, I'm like, did you feed the cat? And I'll get the same look of horror every time. <laughs> Barton Millhouse... Over here, Marge, listening to the, all the different uh, gossip. And now, this was originally going to be a conversation between women, but the writers thought that would be way too cliche, so they had it be Mo and Lenny. Lenny, how you doing? It's Mo. I got some class three gossip here. Well, dish! Groundskeeper Willie, you know, the guy in the skirt, he bought himself a mail-order bride, but he's too cheap to pay the COD, right? So, she's still in a crate down at the post office. You want to go, uh, Ooh, Lucy? this sounds juicy. I really liked this conversation, actually. It was um, just how excited Mo was in telling the story and yeah. sharing some gossip. Yeah. But Mo does... We've had that in previous episodes. Mo does like telling some good stories. Yeah. It's just incredibly well acted. What does he refer to Groundskeeper Willie as? The guy in the dress or the guy in the, the, guy skirt, in the skirt or something like The that? guy in the skirt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's so wonderfully... Like, that is a joke that, yeah, it's possibly offensive to some people. But it's so perfectly in character that I that it's fine. Yeah, that's exactly how a person like Mo would describe him. <laughs> yeah. Barton Millhouse decide they're going to play a trick on Marge. So we cut back to Lisa, and she is now looking through the eyes of her cat Snowball too. Um, Lisa can't believe it; she's incredibly amazed. And it cuts to Homer, and he's singing the Witch Doctor. I thought it was a bit mean of our Marge. He just walloping the cat with a with a broom. 
it's only a vision. It's not what Marge is actually doing. But I, I don't know. If Lisa's imagining it, I can only assume that's because she's Marge has done it in the past. Possibly, but she also then comes back and says, I created that whole thing from nothing. Yes, So, it's true. not a memory. As yeah. so, not necessarily a memory. Marge is in desperate need of gossip. She just has to have the gossip and Bart decides to play the prank. I did love the improv here about the cow. So, Maggie plays the cow toy. He's like, oh no, it's a cow. I've got to shoot it. And he gets his cap gun and whatnot. And then Milhouse, he's so smug as he's walking in and thinks he's got Marge. Absolutely Do you think Milhouse had any idea what this prank was? <laughs> Yeah, because it says, gotcha, Mrs. Simpson. Yeah, okay. I and wonder if he knew the... Ex- if, if he... Like, I just like the idea that he didn't know the full extent of what was going on. <laughs> like, he's just had it explained to him of, open the door when I say and you'll scare mum. Oh, and I, he, he knew what was going on. He just didn't expect Marge to smack him across the head with the... With the <laughs> Absolutely with the, Wow, you really asked asks, him. You hit him. <laughs> the replay guys have come to collect all their shit from the pharmaceutical place and Homer, they take Homer because they can only fit one. Now, this is my note here. Wouldn't surely the worker would have told the replay guys, hey, there's people in there? Uh, the worker had already been kicked out, hadn't she? Like, she, she's off. Um, but if they, if they arrived, wouldn't the, uh, 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 a sensible person think, okay, there's people in the tanks in the back. I'll just get them out before they start repossessing everything. Presumably, a sensible person would have picked up the tank and went, shit, that's heavy. I wonder if anything's inside it. <laughs> Abra, Cadabra, the crystal says your baby shall be a girl. Shut up! Woo! Sentry deprivation kicked ass! <laughs> oh, Nettie, you almost hit that coffin! Leaping Lazarus, is this what passes for eternal rest these days? Ron, go get Daddy his burying shovel. Yay! You sure buried him deep, Daddy. (laughs) Not so deep the Lord can't find him. And judge him. This is the best birthday I ever had. Okay, I'm ready to get out now. You hippie lady. Hippie lady. I'm hippie lady. This here would be absolutely terrifying. Being in one of those things, trying to get out and not being able to, I would just... Oh, I would, yeah. I would freak out. Yeah. That would um, that'd near be the end of you. Yeah. I, I, I know that you're usually pretty cool in a situation, but I think even you, if you got into that tank and the lid that, closed and you couldn't get out... That sort of situation would mess me up, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like, yeah, I, I don't panic about a lot of things. But that would be terrifying in total darkness. And it, I think any moment where you have surrendered all control of your fate is That's a it. really scary moment. That's it. When you have no control over like being handcuffed yeah. or something. Yeah. Like I've never been handcuffed. Yeah, like, but yeah. Well, even handcuffed I could live with because I can still walk around and I, I'm not completely useless being handcuffed. But um, I, I, I might have told you there was a time that I got a friend to close or lock a door on me like it was at school i was like i wonder if i could fit in this and shut it and even though it was my idea the second that door shut and the lock snipped over i suddenly felt a panic unlike anything i've ever felt before in my life yeah because if my friend in that moment had decided <laughs> then that was that was it i was like well I'm, I'm just stuck here until someone else can be good enough to get me out which is what most australian friends would do <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, so what happens? Yeah, so he washes up on the beach. We can find him. I did love the crime doesn't take a vacation than the mob on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's such a funny image. <laughs> Your puppet. Lisa now thinks oh, she now thinks she's Homer. Yeah, she's seeing through Homer's eyes. They're at the opera, or is it, is it ballet? Ballet, ballet. And she's starting to understand that Homer isn't deliberately being a bad father. He's making an effort. He doesn't under, He just doesn't understand. So maybe she just needs to take a bit easy with him and sort of explain things a bit more and just appreciate. You know, just be thankful that you've even got a dad. He's not. He's not the worst dad in the world, despite his flaws. Um, hmm. And they wake up. Homer thinks he hasn't gone on a trip at all, but. I, I did love that at the start, Homer was enjoying being thrown around like it was a little roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But, this tank's finally doing something. Yeah. Um, but then Lisa takes Homer to the crash derby and she's just very thankful to be with her dad. The piece of metal comes flying up, hits the guy behind Homer and we end with, and here comes the ambulance. A little bit of a throwback to the pretzels. Yeah. Um, the delivery of it anyway. Deliberate, yeah, the delivery was. I don't know yeah. if that was a deliberate throwback, but yeah. 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 But all in all, yeah, I... I thought the episode got better as it went on. The start, I was sort of thinking, uh, I was rolling my eyes a bit, thinking I don't really like Homer here. It's a bit annoying. It's been a bit frustrating. But by the end, they won me over. Solid episode. Um, yeah, I think solid is the the correct description for it. Like it's it, it's a really it's a good episode, um, but just tries to have it both ways. And because of that, it doesn't commit wholeheartedly to being hilarious start to finish. It doesn't commit wholeheartedly to being sentimental with jokes. Um, so it never totally lands on either side, but it gives you a bit of both at the same time. So, um, uh, what, what's what's the best way that I could describe this? It's not quite um, a plate of strawberries, and it's not quite a plate of chocolate, but it's also not quite strawberries and chocolate because when you put those two things together, they're the best. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's good. <laughs> I'll just let you go with this. <laughs> What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned never to try to make a, a an analogy around strawberries and chocolate. <laughs> that is completely true. I learned that I think the Odd Couple may very well be my top three favourite theme songs of all time. Particu- <laughs> particularly Homer's version. What's that? Oh, I, was, I just said, can you give me a bit of it now? Okay. Da, 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 da. It's just like I can imagine like a uh, a jazz band at a, at a club playing it really really great. Like I just think it'd be amazing yeah. to hear live. That would be pretty cool. I really enjoy um, just on the subject. Like I liked Homer's miss singing of the witch doctor at the end with the uh, yeah. What is he uh, instead of ting tang walla walla bing bang? Where it's like um, I don't remember how he gets it wrong. Walla walla ting tang or something along those lines. Or walla yeah. walla ting ting. Yeah, it's one of those songs though where you can just make shit up. And people just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Jamail! is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. What's in the mailbag this week, Mitchell? Uh, what is in the mailbag this week? We had an uh, email come through from... Sorry. Um, you'll hear a bit of pain in my voice. Uh, that cat just scratching the shit out of my thigh. Oh, uh, Thomas fucking cats. Kuzma. Oh, fuck me, cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you should never get a cat. Oh, man. Thomas... Um, uh, has actually, you should read this email yourself because there's quite a lot of stuff in here that's really just meant for us. Um, but he's also sent through an MP3 question, will uh, like an audio question in his best Troy McClure accent because he does or Troy McClure impression. He does Troy McClure cosplays. Um, but we can uh, play that question on a future episode. 
Uh, his question is, well, his second question, so the the, the written one. They'll play it um, next week, yeah. Was whether or not we had play, uh, whether or not we had seen a goofy movie um, during the nineties. Honest to God, uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I have not watched it since oh, really? I was about the age of fourteen, I reckon. But I had the videotape, right. and I just watched it religiously. Absolutely loved it. I loved Goof Troop, the TV series as well. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so I never really watched. I always preferred Goofy as a side character. I never. Um, something about the idea of him being front and centre didn't sit that well with me. So, I never watched a Goofy movie. But I reckon I have seen five minutes of it at, yeah. at various times. So, um, Thomas's follow-up question is whether or not the movie guys would be keen on doing a review as, a, you know, like a, a throwback movie review. I'd love to go back and watch um, it. No excuse to go back and watch it. I've actually... Because uh, it's on Disney+. Plus and I thought, I need to watch this movie. I just haven't had a chance to sit down mm. and watch it yet. Yeah. Um. And it'd be interesting for me to to pay attention to it as well, like to to actually watch it for the first time. Could be a lot of fun. So yeah. that could be on the horizon. And if you've got um, some spare time to watch some Saturday morning cartoons, Goof Troop, check it out. Not bad. Hmm. Uh, this is a well. This is again one for us, but I'll just um, there's an email in here more for you from Taylor Lang. Uh, okay. Are we still in need of a theme tune for the movie guys? Um, slash help setting up a website. Um, so, Dando, uh, this is purely admin, but uh, maybe send Taylor an email, please, if you could. Shall do. I'll get back to you, Taylor. Uh, Sam Thompson. Question, although mostly not really. <laughs> um, okay. Dando and Mitch, it's taken some effort, but I'm now up at the point of waiting for the next episode. I started listening to the podcast from the first episode around late June 2018 until now. Um, that's pretty cool that it takes someone a year and a half to catch up. That, that's a lot of content we've done over the journey. I've stuck with it through my 45-minute bus commute to my job in the city, though my new job is, uh, and his new job now, which is only a 15-minute drive away. So, that would have made it harder to catch up, obviously. Um, uh, he was making inroads until the arrival of his first daughter, who was born on the 31st of August. Congratulations, Sam. Congratulations. Do you know, we've put out... Just four finger discount alone, like I think it's about two hundred and forty episodes, and they all go for at least an hour ish. Yep. So that means two hundred and forty hours. So does that not mean mm. at least that means at least ten days worth of consistently listening ten days to the of show? content? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam wants to nominate himself for a My Two Cents story. Uh, he convinced himself that he joined Patreon once he'd caught up on all the episodes. I love it when we get people that say that. Like I'm going to join once I get there. Um, <laughs> Firmly in the knowledge that the show might finish before then due to financial constraints and uh, continuing to live my life as a free content-eating monkey. In saying that, I requested and received your book last Christmas and proceeded to burn through that in a matter of days. So, that's good. We got a dollar out of him, <laughs> um, Thanks, basically. Uh, I've heard a what's lot that, of questions. What's that, $6 you. in total? <laughs> um, well, yeah, still not enough to cover our advance. Uh, I've heard a lot of questions that post you throughout the uh, episode, so you'll have to forgive me, or at least pretend to, if you've been asked this one previously. Pretend for a moment that you're both single men living in the Simpsons universe. Which eligible Simpsons lady would you pursue a relationship with? Have we answered that before? Um, he'll make it harder by taking Mindy off the table, because that seems to be most guys' go-to yeah. answer. Yeah, I was going to say, let's um, leave Mindy off the table. Um, yeah. I think... Whilst are we talking just for a one night stand or for dating? Uh, says pursue a relationship with. Okay. So take that as you will. I was going to say Luann Van Houten seems like she'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. 
It's gonna be some. I couldn't. I couldn't go with Ed and Decay because everyone else has been there, and it's just the mental scarring of that would just bother me. Yeah, I'm also not big on smokers. That's true. Yeah, um, smoke. Like you know, I don't. No, Nicholas smoked when she drank when I first met her, and I was like, "This is a big thing." Like, if you want to pursue smoking, that's fine, but I don't think I can be with you if you want to continue smoking as much as you do. Because yeah, like I just, I just don't. I just can't do it. Really, I don't, I don't give a shit about being around smoking or anything like that. I just don't like the taste of kissing someone that's just smoked. Uh, even um, the even the smell of it. You walk into a room and you can smell them. Like at work mm-hmm. now, when someone's going out for a smoke, they come back in and it's like, oh, it's just disgusting. But anyway, yeah. Um, again, I don't give a shit about that with other people. I'm not like one of those. Ew, you're smoking. You're disgusting. But it's just yeah. It's it's also not something I want to jam my tongue into. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that little a little sound bite and do some stuff with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it just doesn't anyway, work. Jam, I, you. <laughs> I should probably answer the question. Ruth Powers. I was thinking Ruth Powers as well for some reason. That's who I was going to. She seems like yeah, she, she looks- would be able to help around the house. She'd get shit done, but she'd also yeah. be and she'd also- <laughs> able to help around the house is good because God knows I'm not. <laughs> exactly. But she, um, you know, she's been Ruth there, can look that. after. The- she can look after Ruth herself. Can look after the garden and yep. the lawn. And fixing things and I'll bake. I think that'll be a good relationship. <laughs> well, thank you, patrons, for. Oh, they're not patrons, they're just the regular listeners. Thank you, listeners, they're for just writing people. in. Yeah, they're just our beloved listeners. Thank you for writing in to mailbag at forfeitdiscount.com.au. If you've got a question, my true sense story, or just what you name it out in the podcast, mailbag at forfeitdiscount.com.au. Mitch, have you. You just said that you don't do any research, Jimmy. Have you done any research as to what next week's episode is? No. <laughs> Let's look it up. Make room for Lisa. The next episode is Maximum Homer Drive. Uh, That's the episode where Homer becomes a truckie. And I always enjoy this episode, so I'm looking forward to Ah. that. Yeah, okay. There's the the steak eating contest. It's got like the the computer that's supposed to guide the thing for him. Yeah, the the auto driver. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, good episode. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But for now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Um... Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da